your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. Okay, we're talking about uh, parenting. And uh, what's interesting about parenting is it's either discipline or punishment. That's what we're going to basically define what's what's different about parenting and discipline or punishment. And, and if you look at it, you know, we're going to take more of what's called a behavior modification approach on this show, uh, at least in the beginning. You know, many people use discipline and, and punishment interchangeably, but, but they're not synonyms. You know, discipline and punishment are not the same thing. Discipline is basically... The practice of training someone to behave in accordance with rules or a code of behavior. And the word discipline comes from a Latin word, which is called disciplina, plunia, which it means teaching or learning or instruction or uh, disciplus. And that means discipline or pupil. And then, you know, discipline is all about teaching. And so to teach is to basically show and explain how to do something. And it focuses on teaching good behaviors, good future behaviors. And so to punish is really different because that is to inflict suffering for the past behavior. But the difference between discipline and punishment goes even deeper than just the meaning of the words. So there's also a difference in how a child's brain reacts and that is the real important part of this show because punishment can cause an enormous amount of harm to our little children's brains you know uh, parents if we want healthy brains for our kid I hope you do then, then what you want to do is find out why and how punishment is bad for our kids brain and what to do to discipline so you know Basically, discipline versus punishment. You know, there's a famous experiment, and it was done by a, a Russian physiologist, and I know you, many of you have heard of it, Ivan Pavlov. And he basically found that a dog salivated when it was being fed. So, he came up with an experiment that whenever he gave food to his dogs, he also rang a bell. And after repeating the procedure a number of times, he would just ring the bell on its own. Now, the bell caused an increase in the dog's salvation because they had paired it together with the feeding. And so that showed that the dog had learned to associate the bell with the food and a new behavior was formed. And this thing that Ivan Pavlov created to this day is used in therapy and it's called classical conditioning. And so the bell was originally a neutral stimulus, but then it became the conditioned stimulus and the salvation was a conditioned response. So instead of food, they were going after the bell. And so what does that mean? Well, you know, it's it doesn't take too uh, much uh, thought to think about how we can do this with children. You know, so based on the result, it's natural to conclude that if a negative consequence is associated with an undesired behavior, like a dog or even a child, it, they will eventually learn to adopt a desired behavior instead due to the fear of negative consequences. So for instance... People that practice before they punish, before they discipline, if they say, look, I need you to stop this behavior, I'm going to count to three. One, two, 
three. Well, that is classical conditioning because what you're doing is you're associating the number count with the fact that they've got to self-regulate. Sounds good, right? But but wait, you know, how can we make this apply? Well, there's more to it. And, and there's a lot to the human brain. The human brain, neurologists believe that the brain is composed basically, and this is in very, very, very simple terms, they're regions. There's the reptilian region of the brain. Basically, that's your brain stem, and that controls your body functions like your breathing, your heartbeat, your digestion, your fight or flight reaction, other survival mechanisms with our conscious effort, without our conscious effort. So we don't even need our conscious to operate that. Then there's the mammalian brain, and that's called the emotional brain, and it's responsible for strong emotions such as fear and rage, separation anxiety, caring, nurturing, empathy, sympathy frustration and then there's what makes us apart from all other creatures in the world and that is the human brain and that's the thinking brain and that's where our prefrontal cortex is which is the youngest part of the human brain and it's where learning and reasoning and problem solving decision making very sophisticated thinking takes place there so the difference between discipline and, discipline and punishment is discipline involves and invokes the thinking brain. So what it's doing is with discipline, we're teaching. Therefore, the prefrontal cortex, the human part of us, is actually learning. Punishment impacts the emotional brain. And fear and the brain also creates enormous problems with the reptilian part of it. So when you combine punishment, which involves fear with the emotional brain, and then you combine it with the reptilian part of the brain, which is the fight-or-flight mechanisms, we've got enormous amount of uh, lack of thinking going on there. It's just don't do it because you're going to get in trouble. It's not going to teach any values. It's only going to teach that behavior to go on generation after generation after generation. So, you know, how do we react to fear? You know, let, let's say you're, you're taking a hike, and suddenly, some big old bear jumps out in front of you. What would you do? If you're like most people, you'd, you'd instinctively take a step back without thinking. And then on a closer look, you notice it's only maybe a playful dog, but you thought it was a, a, a bear. So you relax after making that conscious judgment. But there is a problem. And that's what happens with the brain. The danger triggers an alarm and a fear. And our emotional brain, without first going through the thinking brain, uh, triggers that you're in danger and you can't afford to think. So cortisol, the stress hormone, is released to equip the body to fight back or get away or jump back quickly. And this is that fight or flight mechanism. And so that cortisol makes us store fat because stress if you're living in stress, you're under the anxiety that you're not going to be able to eat, think, do anything else. So your body begins storing lots and lots of fat. So what happens is these kids that are uh, taught with punishment and fear also have a propensity to have issues with their body. And so they struggle with weight and they struggle with eating and they struggle with coping to find comfort because they live in a punishment, fear-based parenting environment. You know, all these things happen automatically without us thinking from the fight or flight mechanism. And it's valuable for human survival because it trains us that, hey, I've heard that dog sound before or her, I've, I've, I've heard 
heard uh, somebody robbing my uh, neighbor's house before. I've heard somebody breaking in the door. I've heard, you know, the tiger running after me in the woods before. And so naturally our brain goes back to that and we're triggered to have that same response just by some faint triggers that may be around us in our environment. And as we get more fight or flight and, and the earlier on uh, you create that fight or flight uh, reaction from punishment and from fear, uh, you're going to create a, a propensity for high anxiety and PTSD and even acute anxiety and panic disorders because they've been trained and disciplined as a child to be punished or mm-hmm. to live in fear of their parents rather than be coddled and taught. You know, fear is not good for the brain. Young children, especially toddlers and preschoolers, are curious, and they're ambitious, and they're fearless, but they don't know much about safety, and they don't understand why they're expected to behave as this parent wants them to behave, and they don't follow reasoning very well. So a lot of parents resort to using fear to coerce uh, measures such as corporal punishment, timeout, or berating or discipline. And that's exactly not what you want your child to end up with. And so as we go through all this stuff, and as we go through this parenting versus discipline, I hope we're going to learn a little bit more about parenting a child and how to parent them in a way that they feel safe and normal and happy, uh, because that is the most critical component of raising a child. That is the most deepest and important responsibility is teaching values to a child. The only way you're going to do that is through discipline and that is called learning. Learning. You will never want to spank a child when you're angry. You only want to spank a child when you're trying to teach them. And what you do is you have to ask them if they understand what you're trying to teach them. And and by the way, in many states, uh, it's, it's illegal to use an object on a child to spank them. So paddles, belts, things like that, illegal. You can't do it. It's called corporal punishment. And so what you have to do if you're going to spank you, you have to use your hand. But the other thing that's going to be asked of you, if there's a mark on your child, especially if there's a mark on your child, which God forbid there is, but you're going to be asked, hey, were you trying to teach them or were you just mad at them? And many times parents will spank because they're angry at their child. And and that's a very sad thing, but that's the way the world goes these days. And so, you know, it's been this way for, for thousands of years in the human race. But we want to use our prefrontal cortex as parents. We want to function better as parents. You know, kids getting into trouble is always going to happen. And so, so in these homes, kids are threatened by fear and punishment a lot. And, and, this, and, and they become angry and they become frustrated and they don't understand why they are. Also, their sense of uh, security is wrecked because they do not feel uh, a, a respected human being. They feel like they're living in a prison and they have to walk around their parents. And that's a very sad thing to happen. But parents, you know, hope that fear basically with good, and and there's good intentions, by the way, with many of these folks that use punishment and fear and yelling and all that stuff. And and not to say I've never done it, because I do, and I have, 
it's just a matter of conditioning yourself to not do that and to pull back from that because the instinct is so, you know, they can really rub you the wrong way and do a lot of crazy things. Uh, they can break things. They can make things uh, careless. They can run out in the road. They can make you uh, do all kinds of things. But the bottom line is, is we have to constrain ourselves and take the time to educate our children. You want to condition them to abandon the undesired behavior and adopt the desired behavior so similar to a dog being conditioned to adopt a new behavior you know it's funny if if you incorporate uh having to do a chore with getting a snack getting a snack might be the motivation or you know getting a sweet treat whatever and then all of a sudden the chore gets done and then they get the sweet treat now they're going to pair up you bringing a sweet treat in the room that they've got to get their pun- they've got to get their thing done they got to clean their room they got to do whatever then they get it so they pair it up uh, if you bring a positive uh, stimulus in you know frequent fear can really mess up their brains in a lot of unexpected ways look at mental disorders when fight or flight is involved the emotional brain takes over while thinking brain goes offline. And if the event is life-threatening or causes intense fear, a very special memory is created and stored separately from normal memories. And this type of special memory is etched in our brain and makes us feel miserable to ensure we will hold it in the future. So fear can indeed condition us to change our behavior, but the problem is this type of fear conditioned memory is what underlies mental disorders such as depression, anxiety, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder later in life because the creation of this special memory and the recall of it does not need permission from our thinking brain. So it's hard to avoid the harmful mental effects. So to parents, being harshly punished may not appear to be life and death situation, but it can result in intense fear later on. And if we're hit or yelled at, we may uh, be able to recover initially very well and, and we can vent to our friends or distract ourselves with other activities or stop seeing that person again. But our world, it, is, it, it becomes full of options. And as children, they're going to, mag- they're going to be uh, going towards, as a magnet would, where they feel safe. So that parent who is the dangerous parent, they're going to have to learn how to walk around and guess what they're going to do to everybody in life, everybody in life if they're afraid of. They're going to treat them like the parent that they're growing up with that they're scared of. You know, you, you know, with children, especially younger ones, parents are their world. And parents are the main and sole providers of food and safety and all the necessities. But children also have no choice when it, they have to choose their parents because they don't choose their parents. And, and uh, you know, it's about survival. And it's life or death. And, and let's not forget, from a child's perspective, adults are huge physically, almost like giants. And so to kids, harsh treatment by caretakers can and often do feel like a life-threatening experience. But us as parents, we don't process that way. We, we take that for granted. You know, we don't own our children. They're here on this earth to serve a purpose. They're souls living a human life. Their human life is here we are coddling to their human life and trying to provide an opportunity for their soul. And that, you know, if, if you go to church or you do anything like that, if you go to you have any kind of faith-based lifestyle, that helps you cultivate your child's soul, but it also teaches you how to discipline properly. And so, you know, emotional deregulation is also involved here. And, and uh, so when you look at fear, 
it, it's with a lot of uh, elevated uh, level of stress hormone, which causes a lot of health problems for children on the long run, brain uh, shrinkage leading to memory and learning difficulties because they're too stressed out to use their thinking brain. They're, they're building that muscle in the fear-based part of our brain and the emotional part of our brain is getting lots of muscle build. But what's not happening is the functional part of their prefrontal cortex is not being built. So that muscle is is dying on the vine when we're trying to scare the crap out of our kids to punish them. All right. Also, suppressed immune system, hypertension, depression, anxiety. Uh, those are just a few. But all those get affected. And our white blood cell count gets very low because we're in fight or flight mode. Then we think our body is going to be killed. So naturally, our, our white blood cell, uh, cell count is being used to, to help cure our body, even though our body is just going through a stress hormone period. It's triggering our body to self-cure. Once again, stores fat. It does all the survival things that we as animals and humans have to do. You know, fear is not the only emotion that can cause our thinking brain to become disconnected. There's other types of stress such as anger or rage. Now, the deal is when we call anger management out, anger management's there to manage your anger so it doesn't get to rage. Rage is uncontrolled anger. And, and uh, a frequently punished or threatened to be punished child is constantly in the alarm state. And the child's fight or flight reaction kicks in easily even when they face mild frustration. But when that happens, the emotional brain becomes in charge without the thinking brain's participation. So they can react emotionally by acting out or having uncontrolled outbursts. They, they can't access their thinking brain. They cannot effectively regulate their emotions. So studies find that the parenting style is harsh or the punishment is the predominant type of discipline. Children from these homes exhibit weaker emotional regulation and more impulsive uh, behavior. And so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about emotional intelligence and emotional regulation. Come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to transform your life. Start by tuning in to The Glenise Show with Glenise Hughes. Glenise combines business, relationships, wealth, life, and a whole lot of magic to create abundance and prosperity in every part of your life. It's all done through straight and often frank discussions in the best way that Glenise knows how. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Master your life with The Glenise Show. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about uh, punishment or discipline. So parenting is the topic. And, uh, you know, obviously, I've been working a lot on trying to help educate you on the the goodness of discipline and and the horrible effect that, that punishment has on children's brain. But, you know, let's think about this. So many people want their kids to go to the best schools. They're so worried about their education. They're so worried about bullies and all that crazy stuff. But let me tell you something, you know, you are the first step to that child getting what's called an emotional intelligence, an, an EQ, not an IQ, an EQ. And EQ means that they have a high dialogue of emotions. And in the first five to ten years of their life, you have a great opportunity to help them learn how to communicate their emotions as you communicate, if you're primitive in the way you communicate, using punishment, using fear, scaring the crap out of your kids, their EQ is going to go way down because they don't want to share. It's not safe to share their emotions with you nor anyone else. So their trust factor emotionally uh, becomes very high. And uh, these people become dependent or narcissistic or they come all kinds of different things because of the way that they're treated as a child. If they're not treated as a human being, they don't learn to treat other people's as human uh, other people as human beings, and so their emotional intelligence doesn't get, invest, get get invested in. So let's think about this. What is emotional intelligence? Well, if you think about a baby crying, baby cries because they're in pain or because they're hungry or because they're tired. It could be a million reasons, and the the deal is that mom and dad have to figure out, or or maybe mom and mom or dad and dad, whatever it is, but they they have to figure out how to hear that cry so they know what the child wants. Well, it's kind of like that with kids as they get older. If all they learn to do is cry and that's the way they got their needs met, then they're never going to have to learn frustration, anger, empathy, caring, loving, all the other emotions that we need to be equipped with and well-educated as we move through life. Now, let's also talk about what eva- what makes EQ come forward. Well, it means our thinking brain, which is our non-emotional, that's our prefrontal cortex, has to function very, very well in compatibility with their emotions. So let's say this. Instead of going, you know, I cannot stand you. You make me so mad, blah, 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 and you go on and on and start dumping your emotions on someone. 
Well, that causes a fear mentality. It creates a very uh, uh, upsetting uh, conflict that nobody wants, and they're not even being treated respectfully. The way conflict works and the way emotional intelligence is developed is to be able to identify the emotion that you're having and to be able to clearly communicate it. So it goes like this. You know, I'm really angry at you. I'm really disappointed because you said you were going to do this and you didn't do this. Now we're forcing people to listen to our words and our emotions, and we're not offending. And so if people can learn to do that with their kids, you know, you're really making me frustrated. I'm really tired of hearing this. We're going to have to have a punishment if you continue. I'm going to count to three, and you need to stop by three, or you're going to get a timeout. You know, very simple. Or you're driving in the car, as I was talking to, to, to my engineer just a minute ago. Hey, you know, if your kid's in the back seat yelling and screaming, pull over. Don't start yelling at them. Just pull over and say, we're not leaving until you cool it. And, and you know, that may be a pain in the butt. You may be late to something. But what you're doing is you're teaching because they're learning how to regulate their own emotions, which is part of our job as parents. And if we're self-centered and, and we're impatient, we're going to be the kind of parents that are going to yell. And we're going to discipline, we're going to punish our kids and make them live in fear. And that's going to create a relationship where later in life, it's not likely they want to spend a whole lot of time with somebody that spent their whole childhood yelling at them. All right. Now, what's emotional regulation? You know, it's self-control. Some of the most important skills young children really need to learn. And so parents' influence on a kid's ability to acquire those skills is the most the most important thing that we can teach them. Also, uh, a child learns to, to basically modulate their emotions through the word attuning to and observing their parents' reaction. So that means they're going to do uh, – they're going to mimic – basically what you do because that's where the how they're going to learn to communicate in their adult life. So if parents are harsh whenever their child makes a mistake, basically the child learns to be harsh. And then when others make the mistakes, and, and is that really the lesson that you want your kid to learn? You know, emotion is so uh, it, it, contagious. You know, a punishment uh, environment can induce persistent negative emotions in children, making it even harder for kids to learn self-control because they have to keep those negative emotions paramount in their brain and they have to keep them readily available because they've got these crazy parents that are punishing them and yelling at them. There's also a bi-directional influence and, and sometimes punishment, what that means is punishment basically can create self-fulfilling prophecies. So when a child's negative behavior leads to parents' negative response, parents' punitive reaction also leads to or amplifies a child's uh, negative behavior. So, you know, that's the old theory that negative attention is better than no attention at all. And so, you know, it, it, this, this bi-directional thing is something that they learn. And eventually, the, 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 punish, uh, the punitiveness of the punishment may escalate to abusive behavior because the child resists us and learns to fight back. There's also this externalizing behavior. So there's a lot of studies that have found that, that uh, punitive punishments, especially those in the form of physical punishment, will lead to future aggression in children, even though it may deter the child's negative behavior in the moment. You're selling in that moment your propensity to teach them in the future. 
So, uh, you know, they're also uh, a creation of what's called oppositional defiant disorder because eventually the kid gets sick of all of the negative attention that they get from you and they figure I'm not going to get anything good out of you so I may as well just defy you. So they learn to defy you, their parents, they, they're maybe, and usually they take the defiance out on the weaker parent, the one that doesn't discipline as well. Uh, the other thing is they what they do is they tend to take it out on other adults who they target as inconsistent in their discipline process. And by the way, that word consistent, that is very important when it comes to discipline. That means it's predictable. That means they know what a negative, negative uh, consequence looks like and what a negative behavior looks like. Uh, many people, if they can create a, a behavior contract, you know, no whining, no yelling, clean your room, pick up your toys, eat your breakfast, eat your dinner, whatever the basic things are that you want to do with them, develop a contract that if you don't get those done, then this is what the punishment is. That's not the punishment, what the discipline is. So it's consistent because the more consistency you integrate into the discipline process to where they can predict what a negative thing is going to be and what a negative discipline, what, what discipline is going to look like, the more that they feel in control of their life and the more that they feel they can control the amount of discipline that they get. But if you're just a random parent that just every time you get angry, that's when you discipline, that's crazy. And when you take things away for six months and a year, that's crazy. You, you need to have, uh, uh, I'm going to take this away for a week, but it's predictable that that's what you're going to do. That means we've talked about it, we made a contract, and you decided not to do it. You know, uh, a, a day, is like a week to a small child that's four or five years old. Um, you know, they also, these kids that are brought up in fear and punishment, they are oftentimes bullies or victims. And so some children exhibit disruptive behavioral patterns as they grow. And so when parents try to change behavior by fear, they're modeling how to use superior positions or strength to intimidate another child. And so they're also normalizing abusive behavior. So if it, your child has been brought up in a fear-based, a punishment-based uh, environment, they go to school and they learn uh, to do the same thing to other children that are weaker than them. They learned it from you. So some become victims of bullies themselves because their parents' action has shown them that such as a behavior is acceptable. If my parents can do it, that means any anybody can do it. So they practice at school on kids that are weaker than them. And sometimes their parents' behavior has also caused the children to feel powerless in escaping or changing the situation. And these children are then conditioned to feel powerless to escape if they end up in abusive relationships as grown-ups because they don't know what else to do because you've conditioned them with punishment and fear. So, you know, the worst academic performance, uh, the world's uh, uh, biggest panel study, which started in basically 1968 by the University of Michigan, has revealed that the relationship between punitive discipline and children's school performance. And, and what they found was that homes that use uh, punitive discipline, such as punishment or lecturing or restricting activities that are otherwise not affecting academic studies, are associated with lower academic achievement compared to homes that have warm 
parent-child interactions and use reasoning to teach. And so, you know, the chain of psychological events that leads to the development of a disciplined child is a very complex process. So classical conditioning that works well for dogs simply does not always work well for humans. Unfortunately, punitive punishment is prevalent because parents in this day and age are so impatient and they want everything to just be the way they want it to be. They often get into immediate behavioral change that they want. So they mistakenly think that it works, but soon they find out that there is in the long run using that harsh punishment or fear condition by yelling at them it's ineffective because eventually they lose their voice with their child. Their child no longer will hear them. They're sick of it. And, you know, if you think about the things that make us uh, tick, and if you think about things like anger, anger it has two basic roots, either the lack of respect, which means your voice isn't heard, or fear. That creates an angry person. Well, punishment and fear create all of that. So there is a lot of roads that lead to rage in a child if you keep planting them with punishment and discipline. You know, if we don't punish, you know, how else can parents discipline their child and make them behave? You know, for many parents, punishing is the only way they know. But discipline means to teach and don't have to punish to teach. You know, imagine how effective it would be if a teacher used punishment to teach, right? So without fear, there there's some disciplinary things that we can do. And number one is not something that you're going to see absolutely effective right away, but that is being a role model. But if you notice that when you make a certain move, your dog or cat will not imitate you, but your child will. So the ability to learn by observing and imitating others is a unique to human beings. So scientists discovered that a scientific neuron circuit in the brain called the mirror neuron system is responsible for the capacity. That mirror neuron system not only allows us to imitate others' action, but also understand the intentions of the action. So this discovery may partially at least explain why it's important that parents model the way they want their child to behave. Therefore, if you want your child to be respectful, respect your child. If you want them to be kind, be kind. If you want them to, 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 to hit, then hit your child. If you don't want your child to be cruel to others, then don't be cruel to your kid. And, you know, what you put in is what you get out. And also using positive discipline and positive reinforcement. So think about it. Be honest. As a kid, when you're punished during the punishment, did you think about why you were wrong and what you had learned? Or did you think about how mean your parent was and how you wished you were not caught and how unfair the punishment was and how angry you were? Because now you're going to just learn how to lie and deceive to avoid getting that punishment. So when parents focus on punishment to discipline, the child doesn't really learn the right lesson. They just learn to be distrustful, vindictive, and revengeful. And then you get angry at them at that. You know, there's a lot of studies that show that punishment is often not necessary, nor is even effective in disciplining children. But no punishment does not mean no discipline. So, you know, researchers have found that non-coercive discipline like uh, a contingency contract means if you do this, I'll do this. 
if you do this, I'll give you this. If you don't do this, then this is what you lose. If you create a simple, simple contract and stick it on the kitchen uh, 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 refrigerator, you're going to find your way through the problem because now you're teaming with your child to develop a behavior and you're not forcing your child to do a behavior. The other thing is you want to do is monitor and problem solve, which is a very good way of helping a child is saying, you're doing this, is there a better way? Is there a better way to do this? So so this positive discipline is is uh, is not a, a no punishment it is a no punishment disciplinary strategy but positive discipline is based on mutual respect and positive instructions and it fosters learning instead of focusing on punishing so to help stop undesired behavior the first step is to understand the reasons for that behavior and address that root you know you also should help kids understand natural consequences of their own actions so you know asking how is this affecting your sister how is this affecting your brother how is this affecting your mother can let's talk about it let's get a family meeting and let everyone talk about how this behavior is affecting their life you know the 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 great thing is when you do that you begin to work as a family unit and you begin to understand that your actions can cause other reactions amongst others all right. Now, uh, we're going to also, t- you know, look at root cause. If you're going to do uh, a thing called discipline, you know, you sit them down and you try to find out why they do what they're doing and, and actually why is a crappy word. How did you decide to do this or what made you think that this was the way to go? You know, um, so the deal is, is that, you know, if you ask a kid, you know, what happened that you peed your pants today? What, how did this happen? Did you listen to your body? Did are you you know we need to become more in tune with that because I can't be sending you to school with another pair of pants and you're six and seven years old. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk a little bit more about punishment and discipline. <laughs> It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. 
Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about discipline and punishment in the parenting. You know, I I don't know. I'm sure all of you, many of you have had, if you're a parent, you've had children where morning is the most miserable time waking up and getting them off to school. You know, you got to get them up. You got to they got to go potty. They got to eat their breakfast. They got to put on their clothes. They got to brush their teeth and they got to do it fast because usually they're too lazy to get out of bed on time. And so the interesting thing about uh, people, the kids that are dragging their feet, what they don't know. And then we're talking about positive discipline is they don't understand uh, that there is a natural consequence, and that natural consequence that uh, we can't be late to school. So, you know, from now on, when it's time to go to school, we'll leave no matter what. Even if you haven't changed out of your pajamas, brushed your teeth, combed your hair, we'll just go. And that's the natural consequence. And, uh, you know, if you have to change your pants in the restroom at school, that's your deal. But, uh, you know, because you can't wear pajamas uh, on a day that's not a pajama day. But the deal is that means they're burdened with having to take care of it at school rather than take care of business when they're home. Also, uh, you know, explaining uh, and using encouraging words when we're able to get things done by themselves, like praising them for being, you know, brushing their teeth and making sure that they're they're not late. You know, those encouraging words are a very powerful thing. And by following those steps, you're able to diffuse context, uh, conflicts and resolve the issue that we have every morning. So, you know, there's no punishment needed, just a natural consequence, which means you'll have to deal with it at school rather than now. You know, and and, and then we look at timeouts. Timeouts can be positive, but we have to look at what a timeout is. And it's known as corner time. And it's a a psychological behavior strategy. And uh, there was a a, a doctor, uh, 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 a therapist named Arthur Statz, and through experiments performed on his own children. And originally, timeout means that timeout from the reinforcement. The idea is removing the child from the reinforcing activity for a brief period of time to discourage their inappropriate behavior. So, for instance, if if you're at a soccer game and your kid's acting crazy 
and you put them in a timeout and say, okay, no, we gotta, you're gonna, we're not gonna do this. You're not gonna be on the field now with all your friends. We need to take a timeout until you calm down and figure out how to redirect your behavior. So it, 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 the idea that, that removing them can really uh, discourage that behavior. So this form of discipline is especially preferred in Western countries over reprimanding and scolding and spanking. Many pediatricians and positive di- discipline advocates even name this as an alternative to punish it because it's, it's, it's not seen as a punitive measure. You know, this is important about timeout. There, there are a lot of studies on the benefits of using it uh, to discipline. Most parents don't use timeout the way that it was used in research. So many parents simply take the time and name the timeout and the basic idea that they make it an alternative punishment, not an alternative to punishment. You know, so so here's some examples when it's not appropriate. Uh, timeouts that last for an hour or two hours. Timeouts should be one minute for every year of your life. Timeouts that require the child to sit still and not move an inch. Timeouts that, that basically require them to face the corner, that require the child to stand in front of other kids to be humiliated, uh, carried out in closets or locked places. They're, they're accompanied by scolding before and afterwards. That's not a timeout. You know, timeout is basically going to a place and not your bedroom, but going to a place like a bench where you just have to sit there for one minute for every year of your life until you figured out how to calm down and then apologize for what you did, even if they don't care. You know, a lot of kids just could care less. They don't understand empathy. They don't understand consequential behavior. They don't understand why it's bad. But that's the whole thing is we're starting to get their brain to learn to do the positive things, to do the better things. But they need to sit down and be a human being and begin to think through it and think about how to change it. You know, stagnant time for kids is is uh, basic uh, basically not something that we want to use to humiliate with something we want to have them learn and think and take accountability for their negative actions the, the other thing is like i said earlier is to be consistent and that's truly paramount to, to uh, no punishment discipline you know on parenting styles research has found that authoritative parenting style is the best parenting style in almost every dimension the, be- the biggest stray, uh, uh, trait of parenting style is that although authoritative parents do not have as many strict rules as their authoritarian uh, uh, counterparts, authoritative parents are extremely consistent in enforcing the rules. That means that they're going to enforce the rules, but they're gonna, not going to do it in a punitive way. They're doing it to teach. So, you know, it, it's very important to be consistent and be easier and always follow. And if both parents are on the same page, you've got a home run right there. Because if you can't get both parents on the same page, you're going to crazy make your child. You know, uh, the other thing is to not scold each other in front of your child. If you're upset with the way the discipline is going, then you need to step aside and have that conversation not in front of your child because you're showing your child that there's an inconsistency in the discipline and you're weakening each other's uh, role. The other thing uh, is you don't want to lapse. 
So, you know, if you've done this discipline and you've done it every time, you need to follow through with it over and over and over again until they reach a different phase of life where they've learned and now uh, we can get them into something, once again, like a contingency contract or behavioral contract, which works really great because after kids are about 10 years old, they want to be able to have options. Not that they don't when they're younger, but kids want options. And that means I want the option to be bad. So let's say uh, I don't come home by seven o'clock at night. I come home and it's 7.15. Well, there might be a punishment like you use, you lose your phone for the next day or you lose your computer or whatever, whatever it is that they're addicted to, whatever that commodity is that's so important to them. You take those things away when they don't follow the rules, but you have to do it consistently every day, every time, and by doing that, you've ingrained that you're serious and you've ingrained that they're empowered to make choices for themselves because they know what the rules are, just like we are. If we don't stop the stop sign, it, you know, there's a consequence of the cops on the corner. You know, it's the same way in life. It's not like that they get different rules than we do. It's just our rules are a little more sophisticated uh, in functioning. The other thing about discipline is it teaches children to function in society well and to understand that we have to live together. And the more that a family unit works together and communicates together and talks about how behaviors are affecting their family and sending the wrong signals out and causing the wrong reactions and bringing out the worst in each other, the more we're able to communicate that, the more we, we learn about the causality of our own behavior beyond what we want for ourselves. And that helps us be a better citizen. You know, baby brains, like baby bodies, don't come in the world complete. They need time to grow. They need time to develop. And, and so that prefrontal cortex is needed to learn complex ideas such as discipline. But prefrontal cortex does not get to develop until around three years old. So kids younger than three simply cannot comprehend the concept of discipline, and, and at least not in a healthy way. So when babies and toddlers, you know, parents need to do safety-proof their houses, supervise, redirect the kids' attention when they make mistakes, you know, but, but, but as any parent, and distracting is the best possible thing that you can do, you know, it's exhausting. However, you need to decide on the trade-offs. What's more important? Use punishment with less energy. The results is kids acting like perfect angels on outside from a young age, but troubled mental and with mental health image, images and mental health issues as they grow up. Or use patience with more energy, which is much more. That means you're going to have to use your prefrontal cortex. God forbid, you know, children learn from when they're able to learn and grow up with healthy brains. You know, what do you prefer? You know, I hope it's clear. Discipline, you know, and positive discipline. You know, uh, if kids are, are older, do you find yourself struggling with your kid and not listening at all at the time? And, you know, if this happens a lot, then it's time to reevaluate why you need your kids to listen to you all the time. If you're going to yell at them, if you're going to scream at them, if you're going to hit them, if you're going to punish them, they're going to learn that eventually they just need to avoid you. And they will do whatever it takes to avoid you. And uh, obedience is not a virtue because they don't respect you as a human being. And because you don't respect them. And they don't feel like a human being to you. They feel like a thing to you. And so once again, when you're communicating with punishment, you're giving them 
a non-human inity. That means they're, they're being treated not as a human being. They're not being developed. And you're just a lazy bum. And you need to wake up and understand that you've got to think and you've got to research and you've got to work through how am I going to match my discipline to this child's behavior and how am I going to raise them with good values? You know, pick your battles. You know, um, you know safety, health, harm to others, including people, animals, or property, uh, external constraints such as time, energy, resources, and finances, always to be factored into how we parent, things related to all those. Uh, they must obey in the house. They must respect our home. If we can't afford to buy a toy, we can't afford to buy the toy. When they ask, but I want the toy, blah, 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 blah. No means no. That means it's flat. No is very simple, but it's so hard for millions of people, billions of people all over the world, especially parents. But I want, I want, I want. No means no. But, 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 I said no, and that's it. The more that we take no energy into it, the better chance our child is going to hear the words and respond rather than kick and scream and kick and scream. But if you're always going no or no or no or no, you're putting so much energy in that they read that as if I keep going, I'm going to get to a yes. Or if I've pushed you before and continue to push you and you eventually caved in, that's what I'm going to do every single time and it gets worse and worse and worse. And that's a slippery slope, folks. So no means no. Very simple. You only say it twice and then you say, do we need to do a timeout? Do I need to set time aside? Do I need to take away your phone? I'm going to count to three, and this has got to stop, or you lose this. Okay. So basically, you know, effective discipline without punishment is the goal. Model good behavior. Use natural consequences. Once again, if they got us to go to school and take their clothes with them and their toothbrush, then that's what they have to do. Develop your must-obey list, and that is age appropriateness, and it meets your parental goals. And that means we have to parent the kids where they're at. Don't parent a nine-year-old like a four-year-old. You have to parent each one discipline. A seven-year-old like a nine-year-old is different. Uh, a 12-year-old needs to be parented completely different than a nine-year-old. You have to think in terms of where they're at in life and be respectful of the fact that they have accomplished and can accomplish more for themselves. You know, neuroscience has taught us a whole lot that life experiences during a child's formative years are critical in brain development and character building. And if we want to have a negative consequence on that poor little child, do not do the punishment thing. You know, there's also some uh, tips, you know, some things that are good to be disciplined again. Uh, setting uh, no whining rules. You know, whining is a very irritating behavior and it can cause, uh, and it can mean that your child is going to do that to get power and to get attention. So teaching them no whining, uh, setting routines, no no sudden moves, you know, like uh, your kitchen timer can be your, pa your parent's best friend. Keep, keep the routines moving along by giving a warning, setting a timer, you know, Emphasize with uh, 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 the sense of empathy in your parenting. You know, I know you want to get this, but you're not going to get it this way. You know, and, and try to make sure you put out the fire with a solid, strong no. That means we're not saying it with inflection. We're just saying it no. No. Very simple word. So hard for so many.
All right, that's our show. We'd love to hear from you, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or through the link attached to this show online on Voice America, the Empowerment Channel. I'm currently uh, counseling by phone or Skype. I'm also engaged in speaking, teaching, and game engagements. Now, remember, great discipline is creative. Try cutting your child's hair like an old man with a receding hairline or the dad wearing suggestive clothing like their daughter when picking her up at school. You know, the other thing is, if you want to remember, if you don't know where your children are in the house, the best way to reach them is to turn off the Internet and they'll magically appear. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 